The Jen, Gabe and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today. Showtime. The right way to start your day. This is Jen, Gabe and Chewy. Are you bleeping serious you right now? shaving me? What happened? What do you mean, what happened? Did you just belch into the yeah, mic? I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. When he says mic, mic's on, it's like a two-second delay. It's so not, obviously nope, there's not, not a two-second delay. a little bit. Again, nope. Aaron Rodgers, play c- manipulation. <laughs> clock. I said clock. I didn't say clock, but I meant to say There will always be a need for us to have a well-articulated innovation policy with emphasis on human resource development. Thank you. What happened? Black up. <laughs> that was such a slip. <laughs> this is a just a times worse than Chewy just straight belching into the microphone. Your rebuttal, Mr. Carville. Uh, we have no response. But you this found is... a way to take Chewy off the hook. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at the Avenue with Gabe Neitzel and Mark Chamara. Here's Jen Latta. She wants to ride it, she's trying to hide it I'm cool as ever, she's too excited Her man look like he wanna fight He ain't doing nothing but running his mouth Talk about it, we all about it They make the plans, we sit and count Our chairs stack so sometimes it actually feels like Groundhog Day around here. Sometimes it feels like we talk Packers and Packers and Packers and Packers and Packers and more Packers. And I thought we were coming in today and we were going to talk Packers and Packers and more Packers. We're not. We're not. Chew. Big breaking Brewers news last night. Yes. So the Brewers will start spring training in about two weeks. Pitchers and catchers will report to Maryvale, Arizona. And Corbin Burns will not be in a Brewers uniform as the Brewers dealt him last night to the Orioles. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of people who were surprised by this on several levels. One, surprised that it happened because we were closing in, as I said, on spring training. And it seemed like maybe they would enter the season with Corbin Burns. He would be their bona fide ace. They would fill in the rotation around him with the guys that they have. But also what they got back for him. There's a lot of questions out there about whether or not the Brewers got enough back for a former Cy Young Award winner. So this morning as I'm working through and marinating on the details and trying to decide how I feel about whether or not the Brewers got enough for Corbin Burns and if it was the right move to move on from him, I think what I'm landing on is this. I'm going to give Matt Arnold the benefit of the doubt. Instead of being the cynic and the crab and the complainer and the things never go right for us, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give him the opportunity to run the team the way he thinks the team should be run and let's see where the chips fall as the season shakes on. I know that's not a sexy take this morning. I know there's a lot of fire and brimstone and, oh, we suck again by the fan base, Chew. But that's where I'm going to land this morning. Let's see how this all shakes out. What about you? Is it okay to say they are in a rebuild? Or are they going to take the stance of the Packers at the beginning of the season? Now, Burns, yes, we did. We knew they weren't going to be able to afford him. And at some point, they had to move him. But looking at this, moving him early, 
um, instead of around the the uh, trade deadline. I don't. Did they get enough? I mean, Josh, you're the one that sent the shortstop, 25 years old and 63rd best prospect. What is that? It's underwhelming, is what it is. And I mean, the the pitcher seems like he's he's okay, and he's got a chance to be on the squad this year. But ah, man, that's not enough for a Cy Young. The pitcher winner. is D.L. Hall. Yeah, who you're referring to. The infielder is Joey Ortiz. The 34th pick in the 2024 draft is the other piece of it. Um, and I think that yes, all of those things can be true. That maybe it doesn't feel super exciting but I think the thing we have to focus our attention on guys is that Milwaukee was able to shed 15.6 million dollars in salary that's where the Brewers are right now guys being able to shed that salary is probably the thing you should focus on the most if you're a Brewers fan I think the club control is what they're most interested in. They have both these players now for, for the next while. five years into their 30s because they are advanced aged in terms of the prospects typically that you see come from the MLB. I, I'm i just bummed out about it because as much as I think Matt Arnold deserves credit and deserves uh, a, a, you know some, some respect of let me see what you're going to do Benefit with these pieces. The yes. Uh, I don't think if he had his druthers, he would be building a team this way. No, but because, Josh, you had the best, you could argue the best rotation in MLB. Certainly one-two punch. Now mm-hmm. you got no one-two. And now, looking at it, they're, what, back third of the league? I mean, your your ace is now your, your, your ace was your third best pitcher. Let me ask yes. you this, though, guys. Did the Brewers underperform or overperform over the last few years? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. 92 wins, 86 wins, 95 wins, COVID. 89 wins, 96 wins, 86 wins. Did they overperform or underperform? Well, whose metric are you using? Um, yours. I, I go, by the, your I go by the Packer metric? No. No? What do you mean, under or over? Well, you say the no. years. No, no, no. The years that. Uh, Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers went thirteen and three, thirteen and three, and losing the playoffs. What, what are you calling that? That's I'd say underachieve, right? I mean, you had the best pitching staff in all of baseball, and you really haven't won a lot of series when it comes to the playoffs. So I'm going to say underachieve. And I think your point about having those ta- those talented guys works, but we always knew that the Achilles heel was going to be the lineup and the offense. Yes. And they have gone out, right? Like, again, we laughed about how the Reese Hoskins move and the Reese Hoskins acquisition kind of got lost in the shuffle because we had the Adrian Griffin news, and then, of course, we had the Joe Barry news, and we had the, the you know all of the Packers stuff going on. But that should be very exciting. It should be exciting that they are putting pieces towards the offensive side of this team. I, 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 let's hear from Matt Arnold, because I don't want to get too far down the road without hearing from the Brewers GM. Yesterday, he was talking about this move, the move to deal Corbin Burns and what it means for the team's future. Let's hear his opening statement. Sure. Yeah. Look, anytime you trade a guy like like Corbin, it's it's always a, a difficult decision. I think the the overarching theme here is that we're we're excited about the players we're getting back, and uh, the reality of our situation is that we had one year left with with Corbin. Uh, I think 
Corbin had been pretty public about uh, how he was, this was going to be his last year as a brewer. And so we felt like um, the opportunity to help our team right now with players like DL Hall, who was outstanding in the playoffs last year for the Orioles, uh, a very young and major league ready um, Joey Ortiz that we like a lot. And, uh, you know, a, a late first round pick uh, is, is a very well balanced and exciting deal for us. And again, it's, it's always tough. And I've, I've had to do this a number of times throughout my career to trade really good players. Um, I understand that uh, comes with some pain. And, and this is not an easy decision for us. But I think the opportunity to help our major league team right now and also in the future is something that's actually really exciting for us. So, see, the Brewers, to meet you, have kind of taken advantage of a division that is stinky for several years. Those teams are getting better. Yeah. We know the Cubs are getting better. And you lose Craig Council, who I think was the best guy at managing the Brewers roster as constructed, managing the limitations that the Brewers have as a smaller market team with the salary and what they are able to do in the offseason and whatnot. And I feel like he was always able to get the most out of that situation. So he's now gone. I don't know what Pat Murphy's going to be like. I know he's of the Craig Council cloth, so it'll probably be similar. But I understand if you're like Joshy this morning and you're bummed about where the Brewers are. Because, too, the word that you used was rebuild. And it does feel like this team is solidly in a rebuild. You know, I'm going to trust Matt Arnold. But to me, Jen, and you know this feeling as the resident gambler, it feels like playing blackjack, you got a face card, you got another face card, you got 20, and the dealer's got a four showing, and he may he hits 21 out of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what happened? <laughs> you mean when you had Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff yes. on the roster, and you weren't able to make a deep playoff run? Nothing. And, and I know the Woodruff thing isn't his fault. It's just bad luck. But get nothing for him, and... Like I said, I'll trust Matt Arnold and what he says about these two players, but on paper, I'm not real excited. I think I think underperformed is the way I'm going to go, and that's what I'm looking at it in a vacuum. With that pitching staff, with the relievers, with the talent, and what you thought Christian Yelich was going to be, the expectations were sky high. Now, when you zoom out and you, fig- you factor in injuries, you factor in... Uh, limitations in terms of how much the Brewers can spend, they probably overperformed. But when I look at it simply from, I'm a fan, here's talent, here's what I've seen in the past from the Brewers, and here's what they have now, they way underachieved. Let's hear from Jeff Passan, who yesterday joined WTMJ after breaking the news that the Brewers had dealt Corbin Burns to the Orioles. He thought the Brewers would get more. Yeah, that's the, you know, the part of this deal that I think surprised me is that um, I I figured for a pitcher of Corbin Burns' caliber, a guy who's won a Cy Young, who I think is probably a consensus top 10 pitcher in baseball at this point, uh, that maybe they would get Heston Kirsten, maybe they would get Kobe Mayo, Samuel Basallo, uh, probably not Basallo because, you know, between William Contreras and Jefferson Caro, uh, the, the Brewers are going to be set at catcher for a long time. Um, but uh, Colton Cowser, you know, one of those guys, uh, they, they went for the depth play. And if you want to criticize them for depth plays, then that, that is uh, certainly your prerogative. 
But let's remember, the depth play that sent Josh Hader out of town, brought in Estiuri Ruiz, and Estiuri Ruiz was part of the deal that wound up getting them, who William Contreras, an all-star catcher in his first full season, and really one of the linchpins of this franchise going forward. So uh, what I think Matt Arnold does is he, he relies on his evaluators. What was the rush? I mean, there had to be other suitors. I mean, uh, this this move for Baltimore makes them serious contenders because they were very good last year. Yeah, 101 wins. And they're young, but there had to be other suitors. I just don't know what the rush was. That's a really good question, and I think that that's probably what Brewers fans are wondering this morning as well, Chew. Like, did you have to do this deal with the Orioles right now? Is there something about going into spring training? Is there something about going into the season with Corbin Burns as essentially a lame duck? Knowing that you weren't going to be able to keep him past the trade deadline, knowing that it was only a matter of time before he would not be a member of the team. Do you think that they set their sights on, we got to get rid of him in the offseason? We cannot go out to Maryvale with Corbin Burns as our ace, knowing that we have to deal him and we will be talking to teams as the season goes on. I probably That'd be my guess. Yeah, but could they have done this deal 40 games in? I mean, to me, on paper, it looks like they could have at least. I think you this run deal. the risk of him getting hurt. You yeah. think there's a little well, PTSD? Yeah. There might be a little PTSD with the Brandon sure. Woodruff thing, yeah. right? Like he's healthy now. He's you know, if you go into the season, there's always a chance something, anything happens as he goes out there to pitch. So now you at least know you're dealing a healthy Corbin Burns as opposed to taking your your risks during the season. But I think, what if he lights it up? Yeah, but the thing is you want a full season of him. Like They're getting the most for him as they can because he hasn't pitched yet, and the more wins they can get from Corbin Burns in Baltimore is the better. I think you, if you're going to trade him, you have to do it. Either you're sticking with him and getting nothing for Corbin Burns, or you trade him before the season starts. Because, Which, by the way, this team can't afford to do. Right, because if this team overperforms and they're in a race and it looks like they might be making the playoffs— you can't just trade him at the trade yeah. deadline and do the hater thing all over again because you lose the fans and you lose your clubhouse. It's just interesting how the Brewers, as we talked about their record over the last few years, and I'll take the COVID year out, but 92 wins, 86 wins, 95 wins, 89 wins, 96 wins. They're a perennial 85-plus win team. At least they have been with Craig Council as the guy, as the manager. So what's your number this year? I don't know. May 80? Give them 80? Yeah. Just under 500? Finish what in the division? You well, think? again. Third behind St. But St. Louis stunk last year. I guess year. here's what it depends to. Are you, are, you, are you wrapping your brain around the idea that the Brewers are in a rebuild? Um, yes, now they are. If they're in a rebuild, then I'm okay with a 500 season. Yeah, sure, sure. How about you, Joshy? Yeah, I would almost prefer more of a full-out tank than a kind of trying to half-step sure. it. Because I think what that gives you... What's a you, full-out tank, Joshy? Uh, is you trade pretty much everything. You get as much, you get as young as possible, get as many assets as possible, and rebuild from the bottom up. Because uh, to draw a, a similar picture here is they're kind of just middling it. So if you half-rebuild and you kind of stick where you are, you don't get the high draft picks, you're not going to get the best value for some of your players... And then you end up in the same situation where your top end is 95 wins 
and you're maybe winning a playoff series. 800-990-3776. Reaction rolling in hot and heavy this morning. Wasn't a surprise Burns got traded, but the return was no good. Don't be shocked if the Brewers traded Damas and Williams next. Love the crew, but this ownership drives fans crazy. That from Jesse in Madison. Tim Jones weighing in saying the Brewers are the Admirals. They're the minor league team that feeds the better teams in the league after developing talent. They need a... IHL for MLB. What's an IHL? Like a like a feeder league? I don't know what an IHL I is. I believe that's like a, yeah, like a, but there is. It's the minor league. The Brewers would dominate <laughs> that league. MLB has a problem. And then Chef Ed weighing in saying, breaking news on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Oh my God, Gabe is off. Fair. That is fair. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, Gabe doesn't take time off. Gabe never takes time off. He's got a big day in his household, and so we are allowing him to take a day off. Much deserved. We've got Jason Wilde coming up next. We will pivot to the Packers with him, talk a little bit more about the new defensive coordinator there. And Brian Gutekunst did speak to the media yesterday, so we'll get Jason's thoughts on that right after this. All Packers, all the time. He has come light years in the last two months, and people should be over the moon excited about that. Okay, most of the time. Almonds specifically or all nuts? Well, these nuts, those nuts, whatever nuts work. It's Jason Wilde on Jen, Gabe, and Chew. Brought to you by Boucher Automotive. With 16 different new car brands and over 35 pre-owned brands to choose from. Boucher Automotive. We are driven by you. Jason Wilde hanging out with us here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Good morning, Jason. How are you? Good. How are you guys? We're good. We were just talking about Corbin Burns, but we do want to flip over to the Packers side of things because Brian Gutekunst did speak yesterday. What was your biggest takeaway from hearing from the uh, Packers GM? Um, the biggest takeaway was that with five minutes left in the 49ers game, he thought they were going to the Super Bowl, which... Obviously, they had another game to win first, but uh, that tells you how good they were feeling. And it makes me uh, owe Mark Tauscher another apology because he really struggled to get over uh, the defeat to the 49ers. And apparently, Goody was thinking the same thing he was, that they were Super Bowl bound because they had that game under control and then they didn't. Oh, I'm up. You, oh, wait, no, 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 I just wanted no, to make sure no, no. he was done. You're always up after me. It's not as though Gabe is usually second oh, in the rotation, and because I, Gabe isn't here, you got confused. You're always up after me. I, I just wanted to make sure Jason was done. Okay. Give him his due. Sure. With that. I didn't know Jason. Gabe wasn't there. Where's Gabe? Where's Gabe? He's, I think he's moving into a new house, isn't he? Well, congratulations. I don't know if that was our information to divulge. <laughs> was I not supposed to say that? What do you think? Oh what does it matter? That's huh? That's my fault now. Yeah, it's my fault. I'm just glad he didn't ask What's any of us to help him move. Number? <laughs> What's your mother's maiden name? What's the street you grew up on? Tell me more of your security question answers. Okay, All I right, am go ready ahead. now. Yes. Jason, are they going to switch to a four three? I mean, I, mean, I, I saw some sort of. reports. Yeah. I mean, again, and and we've talked about this a bunch, and certainly Matt LaFleur uh, thoroughly enjoyed uh, getting after me and uh, teaching me that, um, you know, there are 
there are four down linemen even when they're a nickel. Which I, 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 he knew what I meant. Um, but, yeah, they play so much nickel. I mean, even Goody mentioned it yesterday. Like, that, this is a, a nickel league. And so, yeah, I guess technically when they're in true base, they'll have four down linemen. And I think they feel like they have the personnel that they don't have to make major changes in order to do it. Um, but, yeah, they're going to be if – you, if you pin me down – and say you have to tell us uh, exactly who what they're going to be, then I would say yes, they will be a 4-3. A, a Jason Wilde hanging out with us here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Okay, some of the things that Goody talked about yesterday were Aaron Jones will likely be back, they're not trading Jair, and they are yeah. working on, or at least are going to work on, that extension for Jordan Love over the next few months. Did any of those things surprise you? Uh, not the Aaron Jones piece although how definitively he said it was a little bit surprising. Um, not the Jordan Love contract piece, obviously. Um, but I will say the uh, the uh, authority with which he said flat out, no, we're not trading Jair Alexander was surprising to me. Uh, I, I, didn't, I thought we would get kind of the uh, evasive word salad type answer that we got about David Bakhtiari's return when he was asked about Jair and he was adamant, uh, would you consider trading him in the, in the off season? No, no. Which I thought was really interesting. But Jason, in regards to Jones though, I, I don't know why he's so adamant. Don't you think he's going to garner interest from other teams with the way he finished the uh, year? Uh, not, I don't think so. Uh, really? not, not like, not like uh, big time interest. No, I mean, he's, He's 29. He's going to be 30 on December 2nd. He's uh, obviously, I think he has more value to the Packers than he would to another team. I agree that there may be some teams that would be interested in him, but like he's scheduled to have a cap number of $17 million next year. Uh, I don't think that they want to pay that or have him count that much against the cap. So now they're in a position where they're, I think they're going to have a hard time. You know, I think they're going to have to probably extend him as opposed to, hey, you took a $5 million pay cut last year. We'd like you to do it again. I mean, he had five straight 100-yard games. Now, I I also think, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, the most recent tattoo he got was the Packers G on his knee. Um, I think he wants to be here. I think he was smarter than some other running backs were. Uh, Dalvin Cook, for example, mm-hmm. who I think, think the Vikings were ready to pay him 10 million for last year and he said no I think I can do better on the open market and he didn't in fact he ended up on two different teams right um and the Jets certainly didn't uh weren't super even though Rodgers was super excited to get him he ended up not having much of a role there so I think Aaron Jones probably sees that he's best off playing here um I think they will figure out a, a, a compromise contractually I think he'll still be here. There may be some interest, but I don't know how interested he'll be in moving on either. Jason, do you think the Packers will be more active in the free agency market this year, or they will stick to what they've done almost always, which is no? Uh, I think they're going to be a little, you know, this is one of the things Goody talked about yesterday. I think they'll be more capable of being a little more active. Um, But again, they've, I mean, they've certainly got some ways to create some cap space, but it's not like they're, you know, like the Bears were. Was it last year that the Bears had like a hundred million in cap room? 
um, they're not flush with cap space. They're, they definitely have um, some cap things to resolve. And so I'll be eager to see, you know, which guys they move on from. For example, in the Bakhtiari case, which I, I just I don't believe he'll be back, um, even on like an incentive-laden deal, but never say never. But like his cap number is $39.997 million dollars. Uh, the dead cap that he would carry if they cut him is twenty is nineteen million. So they're clearing like twenty one million dollars in cap space. Like they're they're going to jump at that opportunity to create twenty one million dollars of cap space. Um, you know, there's some other guys too that I'm not sure. Like you know, Preston Smith. Do you want Preston Smith on your team? I think I do. Um, but under what? financial circumstances and you drafted you know a guy in the first round last year in Lucas Van Ness who you probably want to see play more in year two so I'll be curious to see how they create some cap space but he said Goody said yesterday that they don't have anything that would prevent them from if there is an impact player they want in the free agent market they would not be prevented from going after him because of their cap situation. Uh, Jason, three names. Will they be back? Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, Rudy Ford, John Runyon. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, I, I think, is interesting because we obviously have, have continued to see the kickoff return game uh, be reduced in its in its impact. Uh, although late in the season, you're playing outdoors, you get more opportunities. Um I don't know how they feel about him as a nickel. I thought, you know, he was okay, but mm-hmm. um, that's a pretty important position, especially after we just got done talking about how you play nickel so much. So I, I'm I'm curious how they view him defensively and how that'll affect uh, what happens. They gave him a one-year deal last year. Um, I don't know if he would be on a one-year deal again, but I think they should bring him back. I don't think he'll cost a fortune to do it. Um I think John Runyon was pretty clearly preparing himself to play somewhere else. And then, again, with Jeff Halfley getting the job, I don't know what is his vision for the safety position. You know, we you guys played that clip from the one podcast yesterday. Like, he talks a lot about playing one one middle safety, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. Does that fit Rudy Ford's game? Does that fit Jonathan Owen's game? Does that fit... Darnell Savage's game, all three of those guys are unrestricted free agents. Um, you know, Goody made a comment when he was asked about the safety position yesterday about how that and the nickel position have evolved and, and how differently they're viewed than, you know, just a few years ago. Um, I think they probably want a safety that can cover a ton of ground. Now, I would say Darnell Savage is capable of doing that. Right, and I think Darnell Savage would tell you that he was miscast in the Joe Barry defense. So does this does this coordinator change increase the likelihood of them re-signing Darnell Savage? And then, you know, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. But it, you know, I look forward to Jeff Halfley getting here because I, I want to understand more clearly what he intends to do with this defense because. Uh, I did ask Goody, I said, look, this isn't like 2009 when you guys switched to a 3-4 and Ted uh, immediately drafted B.J. Raji to be that space eater in the middle of a three-man defensive line and drafted Clay Matthews to be that stud edge rusher. You know, he he drafted 
specifically for guys that were going to fit Dom's system. Is that going to be the case here or not really? And Goody basically said not really. It'll have some influence, but not much. But I would argue that that safety position would be one spot where I think the change will impact personnel. The name I keep seeing out there is Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, Winfield could line up in the box, take on receivers in the slot, play as a roaming, deep third free safety. But other than that, uh, Jason, the the free agent safety class is pretty uninspiring to me. Yeah, I want Micah Hyde back, but just for the quotes. He's a Mully Award winner <laughs> and uh, one of my favorite guys. But, yeah, I, I, and I don't know, he may retire. You know, he's been through some physical challenges in terms of injuries lately. Um, you know, Tausch's guy is Buda Baker, who was uh, unhappy in uh, in Arizona and I think is still under contract, so that would be more of a trade scenario. Um, but, again, I – if if they're changing systems, I think it comes down to what exactly does Halfley want in, in that position because they clearly are not going to play the two deep safeties, keep everything in front of you, umbrella defense that Joe Barry played, and, and that I think influences a lot. I will say this, like I said about Benny Sapp the other day, if they get Antoine Winfield Jr., they can pair him with Benny Sapp, and then there can be two guys who I covered their dads when the Packers would play the Vikings, and now I'd be covering them, and that would be great for me. So great. I can hear the sarcasm in your voice. Yeah. Jason, we appreciate you. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. Can't wait till Chewy's grandson is playing in the league. All right, guys, <laughs> take care. Be good. He's Jason Wilde. You can hear him on Wilde and Tosh right after Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. we got to get to Craig Karmazin. He's coming up next. It's Friday, and that means it's time to check in with GKB President Craig Karmazin. I am so impressed with uh, with Jordan Love, you know, and I think like Packers fans should feel so good about Jordan Love. Fridays with Mo. I think Rogers never spoke out and was direct, and Giannis should be praised for being clear so that everyone knows. Hey, Giannis told the organization what he wanted. Craig Karmazin on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. It's- Talk to Craig Karmazin about. Feel like, Craig, I'm going to give you your choice. What do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about the Brewers dealing Corbin Burns. You want to talk about the Packers getting a new defensive coordinator in Jeff Halfley. You want to talk about the, what the Bucks are doing. I'm going to talk to you about Tony Snell, but I'm going to hold on to that till later in this conversation. Where do you want to start? I'm going to start by talking about you and the ACTs. What? Wow, not letting that go. It's, it's getting to be time. Uh, we made some calls this week, and Jen is uh, going to be happening. We're just going to, on Sunday Karma this week, we're going to get some dates from Jen. And she's going in to take the ACTs, and I had a few people say to me, like, you know how Jen is. She's going to take some prep courses. She's not going to go into this thing cold. Wait a minute. Who said that to you? Uh-huh. Uh, a few, uh, few of my confidants. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not going to take any prep courses. I don't have time for that. This is my off season. I'm trying to enjoy it as much as possible. But I'm also not worried. Like, I have a 15-year-old at home, and I'm helping him with his homework occasionally, and I'm pretty still I'm still pretty locked in on a lot of this stuff. So but I'm not, not worried. Like the, it's not like the SATs where it's just, like, math and English, like, there's all sorts of stuff going on in the ACT. Yes, and I pride myself on it. my depth. I'm, I got a 29 on the ACT the first time around. Sick brag. Feeling pretty well, good. That That's my point. You? So, but here's if the thing. So let's see if I get a, a 20, if I get a 25, if I get a 24. Like, okay, well, I lost a little bit of that knowledge, but guess what? I didn't need it anyway. 
Is it if multiple you get a choice? 19, if, if you get a 19, what does it do to you? I'll be devastated. It's, really? Yeah, see? <laughs> but the point is, I'm not going to get a 19 on the ACT, Craig. I'm saying you're going to, you're, the 19 is going to get in your head and you're going to buy one of those practice books. You're going to like in off hours, you're going to start working on the practice books. I'm not saying you're signing up for the Princeton review, but I, I think this thing's going to get in your head a little bit. Maybe. I have this argument with my wife all the time, and I think I've done it on the show. It, 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 the ACTs are garbage. They are. They really are. Explain. Okay. Well, a guy that can work on an engine and take it apart where someone else can't. You're telling me he's not as smart as someone that does as well on the ACT? I think it's a very good point. I think standardized testing is way too limiting. But that's yes. not what it's asking. It's yeah, asking. I think Chewy's right also. Like, I could not, like, like people, are, like, in my mind who could do that are, like, brilliant. Absolutely. And they may not be able to pass the test. And also the world needs all kinds. Yeah. Like, we need people to be able to do those things. Right. Absolutely. But that's why there's different schools for that, and they don't require ACTs. And speaking yeah, of different schools, you have the school thought of the Milwaukee Bucks who are going to you know, <laughs> go all in, trade for the players, try to do that. And you have the Green Bay Packers and the Milwaukee Brewers who do it the same way. And I think what we see year in and year out is that what the Packers and Brewers do, do, which is the same thing, puts you in position with a chance to win every year. So I think, you know, there's different schools of how you go about it, but I think we've seen over the last, you know, decade plus that it works well for all three teams. I was just going to ask you that too, if the Bucks are going to do something at the trade deadline. So you're basically saying that they are. Oh God, absolutely. Uh, really? Well, I mean, the Bucks. I mean, whether the Bucks do or not, I mean, the Bucks already traded for Dame Lillard this year, right? And so there's already enough change and things with a new coach and a new system and all that, but. The Bucks have already made beyond the all-in move for this year. So every year it seems like John Horst does something else at the deadline, so I wouldn't be surprised. But well, but they have to, I feel like they have to upgrade the defense. I feel like it would not shock anyone if they went out and got pieces to upgrade the defense. Right, or if they believed that they could do it based on the system. Because when you look at players that they have from – Giannis and Brooke Lopez to Marjan and Ajax, like you have a lot of pieces that are really, really elite defense. So it may be adjusting a defensive scheme to better suit the players you have, or it may be adding players. I, you know, I don't know that, but I think when you look at it, you look at a team in the Bucks who adds, you know, to try to win. Whereas you look at the Packers who were willing to trade Rizul Douglas this year, right? Like that's not a Bucks move. That's a Brewers or a Packers move, trading Corbin Burns. And, like, those teams have been successful year in, year out doing it, which just shows you you don't all need to take the same path. And, and I don't think you can underestimate how successful the Brewers have been, you know, year out, year in and year out with winning the games. It just, you know, randomness in baseball postseason, it just hasn't happened in the playoffs. But do you think that the Brewers should have gotten more for Burns? I, I mean, who knows? I feel like... I mean, those guys know what they're getting. Like, I mean, they're, I don't know what a draft pick is worth in baseball or whatever. I have no idea. I mean, I, I trust that these, you know, I, I may not believe with, agree with the strategy, but I think they know that they're getting a fair deal. And to get, you know, anything for a guy who you know isn't going to resign, isn't going to come back, and typically you would get nothing for, like Josh Hader, you know, uh... it proves to be smart that you're going to get something for him. But he had to have other suitors, Craig. Right? And my other thing is, why why rush this? 
Are you? A, would you be afraid of injury if he started the season as the uh, ace for the Brewers? Because he well, could whether... light it up, and the Yankees or the Red Sox could be, hey, we're going to jump on this now. Or maybe they felt like he did not want to be part of the team, and it wasn't going to be good for the team culture. Whatever the reason Who cares? Is, they're not. They're in a rebuild anyways. I don't think so. I don't think the Brewers look at it that way. I mean, I God, think the Brewers, one and two. the Brewers think they're going to be good this year. I can tell you that. And there's nothing that we've seen in the last decade to, to question that. I mean, you could argue that they don't have Craig Council and there's a different manager. But, I mean, how many games is the manager worth? It could be worth six or seven. But I don't think there's anything we've seen from the Brewers in the last decade where right now we can doubt them. Can we doubt them at the end of the year if this team ends up winning 73 games? Absolutely. But there's nothing we've seen from the last decade that could make us doubt the Brewers. We'll put it on the poll. Are the Brewers in a rebuild? We'll put that on the Jen, Gabe, and Chewy poll. Okay, Craig, I want to talk to you about this Tony Snell situation. Hold on a minute. Packers were clearly in a rebuild. The Packers were clearly, and then it turned out they weren't. Like So, you know, I, I couldn't have been more wrong on that one. Okay. Tony Snell. This is a fascinating situation. I want to talk to you because you obviously have ties to the NBA. So Tony Snell has played in the NBA for nine seasons. If you play a tenth season, even a day of a tenth season, you get vested into the NBA's health program for life. Tony Snell has autism. He was diagnosed at the age of 31. He also has two little boys who are on the autism spectrum as well. So now there is this plea out there from sports fans, from basketball fans, for someone, some team to sign Tony Snell to a 10-day contract. Don't even have to sign him to a long-term contract. Just put him on a roster by, I believe, today is the deadline. It may be next week. I was seeing conflicting information out there last night. What do you think the NBA should do? I mean, I don't think the NBA should do anything. You know, I don't think the NBA as an entity is in a position to do anything. Um, and I think that is exactly what they should do. Obviously, like, they shouldn't, like, say to teams, hey, just so you know, we're the ones on the hook for this pension, so, you know, let's not do this for a feel-good story, right? I mean, the NBA should completely stay out of this. And the 30-member organizations each have the ability to make an individual decision. Do you think that he will be signed by a team? He's been playing with the Boston uh, G League squad, right? It's not like he's just sitting on the street or sitting at home. And I think we saw in Tony Snell a beloved teammate, right, when he was here with the Bucks. And I know there's memes. I know there's you know things about him. But the guy, you know, he's not an assist machine. He's not a steal machine. He's not a rebound machine. But the guy can flat out shoot. And the guy can flat out give effort defensively. So is there a spot for a 10-day contract somewhere? And I don't know exactly if if one 10-day contract gets it done. Again, I don't know the CBA in and out, you know, to that degree. I believe that's the case. If I had to predict, when Charles Barkley talks, people listen. And, you know, uh, this was, as you said, a lot of people were talking about this. And then on Inside the NBA, Charles Barkley, uh, you know, went all in on this as well. And... My gut is somebody pulls the trigger on this. I, I don't think they care. I mean, didn't they bench Russell Wilson because he was due a bonus or something like that and didn't play him the last game of the year? I mean, this happens. Jen, can you explain? Can you explain to him the difference? Um, what is the difference? I mean, there's a lot of difference there, but Russell Wilson was due a bonus, so they benched him. Is that what you're trying to say, too? I'm not familiar I'm, with all yeah. the. I'm saying the NFL. The NFL and the NBA, like just the way 
I believe players are viewed in the NBA is just so different. Like the NBA, like I think the players are viewed as partners in, in what the league is doing and players come into the league with established brands and, you know, the, the governors who control the teams, like, you know, so Craig, essentially what you're saying is the NBA takes care of their players better than the NFL does. Yes. Yeah, of course. I, think, I mean, I don't have yeah. any insurance. I mean, I the guaranteed contracts. You know, right? I'm the, thinking, which which league should have guaranteed contracts more likely of guaranteed contracts? Which which league should have insurance for their players for life? Right? Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. I and, get and dental. So, uh, that, by the way, that is very, very important. Dental is as important as Absolutely, yeah. Wait, I, I saw a meme recently that called teeth luxury bones, and I haven't been able to forget <laughs> that since. <laughs> I like that. Dude, my dad, my dad almost died, and and it turned out it was a virus that came through the gums. You gotta, you gotta. I mean, that there, that is as important as anything. But again, you, you have to have separate insurance for your mouth because they're luxury bones. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> Just a great way of looking at it. All right, Craig, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Go Bucks, go Jan on the ACTs. He's Craig Carmison. He actually, I think he thinks that I'm nervous. Of course I'll do it. I think he thinks I'm nervous about taking this test because he thinks that if I do poorly on it, I will interpret it as some sort of indictment on myself. I promise you, I will not. I promise. So you're going to go to a high school and take this. Chase was like, please don't go to my high school, Mom. Oh, you got to do it. Please don't go to my high school. I think you should sign him up. I'd throw a skateboard over my shoulder and be like, what up, fellow kids? And he goes, Mom, no one rides a skateboard. And I was like, it's a meme, buddy. (laughs) We're just missing each other here. It's a GIF. It's from a movie. Anyway, we'll take a break here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Roll on right after this. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. TBD. No. That's not how any of this that's works. That's how you make content. What do you mean? What do you mean? That's how it works for him. What's CBD mean? To be determined. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, to be dumb. <laughs> did you hear him say to be dumb? <laughs> to be dumb. Did Joshy say that? He did. <laughs> On 94.5 ESPN. Well, I don't know. Well, that's true. Because you got me. It's Chewy's favorite day, or at least one of them. Okay, campers, rise and shine. It's Groundhog Day, Chew. Love it. Puxatani Phil, do we know what he did? Has he done it yet? Yes. He did? He, he saw his shadow. And is that good or bad? That's Apparently that's good. good. Yes, okay. right? at least spring. Do you think that we will get away with only having two weeks of winter? Because that's what we had, right? We had two weeks. We had dumped on. It was freezing. Worried about the ice and all of that. And now it's gone. I got no snow. None. It was 50 degrees yesterday. 49. Uh, I I don't think there'll be another below zero blast, but no, it's not. Not done. I think we go through this every year. And what is this story I'm hearing about the penguins at the Milwaukee Zoo or in Milwaukee? They're using penguins for Groundhog Day. That seems un-American. I mean, why don't they just steal a woodchuck and say it's a groundhog? <laughs> yeah, they no one would know. No one would know. <laughs> right? 
I mean, I could show you where there's a handful of them. In fact, Chewy should power rank the animals that they should use if the groundhog is somehow indisposed. The other animals they should use before you get to the penguins, for goodness sake. Well, a bear. Badger. Could you use a badger? Uh, it's have you closer been to, than have a you penguin. Been, have you been to the zoo? That sucker never comes out of his hole. The badger? <laughs> yeah, he's always hiding. It's garbage. Yeah, I can never see him. Mess with a badger. Badgers no. are nasty. So you got the woodchuck. You got the badger. What are some other sloth? Could we use a sloth Too before slow we use? Moving. I can't be there all day. <laughs> it's a morning thing. Squirrel? It's one day. Can you give what, us what, what, one day? What do they no. have in uh, Nebraska? Jackalopes. Could use a jackalope. Is that a real animal? Yep. No, it is not. I've seen the head of them, Joshy. Jack- I've been in an airport in Nebraska. <laughs> it's a rabbit with horns. Oh, a rabbit. Could you use a rabbit before you use a penguin? Hold on. Do you believe the jackalope is real because you've seen it? Yes. <laughs> the jackalope- jackalopes aren't real? I don't think okay. so. No. It's made by taxidermists to fool people like you. Uh, <laughs> they put deer antlers on a rabbit, right? Rabbit. <laughs> That'd be a cool pet, don't you think? Well, yeah, because it doesn't eat. Right. It doesn't poop. I mean, Are it you sure it stands not real? in the corner of your room. I, I'm positive the jackalope does not exist. Hold on a minute. Could you use a gopher before you use a penguin? Uh, yeah. Okay. Could you use a, a squirrel? <laughs> uh, I got some fat squirrels in my yard, man. <laughs> these are these are all like rats and varmints. Jackalope animal. These animals all sucks. I thought a groundhog was similar to that. It's yeah. certainly more similar than a flightless bird. At least birds are. At least penguins are cool and cute. These things are all ugly. Carry disease. Beaver. Puxatawney Phil's also a fraud. 36% correct. Why? He doesn't oh, know really? what he's doing. 36% correct? Yeah. That's like my gambling record. Yeah. <laughs> you got a better chance of just flipping a coin than trusting old pucks. Why do we still do this? Um, Because people in the East like to drink in the morning. Is that why they do it? I love the guy's hat. <laughs> the top hat? Yeah, the guy that comes out. Would you wear a top hat? Uh, it'd make me kind of tall. Taller. Er. Very imposing. You'd be like Abe Lincoln. I think it'd be a cool look. Weddings? Kind of reminds me of Dumb and Dumber. That's how, what I think. How of. are we supposed to continue on with Chewy thinking that a jackalope is real? Well, I'm looking at <laughs> pictures and they look real. You know what? That's on me. He has said this before, so like I don't have the you initial, let him skate. I, I have the I don't have the initial visceral reaction that you are having to this information because I've heard it before. Sort of, kind of blends in with the background at this point. So where did you land on it? Did you just believe it was no, real? No, 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 no. <laughs> you just let him believe? Real, no, yeah, exactly. Come on. <laughs> I mean, he's so innocent. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a baby. <laughs> Who, me or the jackalope? <laughs> At this point, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> that tickled Joshy. <laughs> I still think they're real. <laughs> hey, you can believe whatever you want, buddy. <laughs> See, now you understand why I just let him ride with it. <laughs> All right, Jen, give it to you. He rolls on right after this.